Dear listeners, you have something we want. You may think you have some idea of what you're listening to, but you do not. Soon, your podcast playlist will be back with us. This means more to us than you will ever know. Now grab some bone broth, deactivate your IG-11's self-destruct sequence, and join us as we discuss Lucasfilm's Star Wars universe through Disney's hit show, The Mandalorian. This is truly universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. And hello, family. Hello, Truly Universal listeners. As you may recognize my voice, I know it's been a while, but I'm Rents here to talk about a really, really awesome show, uh, part of the Star Wars Disney universe now called The Mandalorian. And you may have heard of it. You may have heard someone talk about it, or you may have binged all the, the episodes um, or watched it week by week. Whatever the case is, this is today's discussion. And today we're kind of bringing a little different format. This is the first time we're going to do a two-person podcast just to try things out. Let us know how it is. But the guest I've invited to talk about The Mandalorian is none other than the priest extraordinaire, <laughs> faith wizard. Oh, you know, faith you want wizard. Uh, uh, Father Raj. What is well, up? Welcome to the podcast. Everyone, it's good to be here. Uh on a truly universal um always uh, a joy to talk about nerdy things with you guys talk about uh different fandoms and universes and and Rance, oh man we're gonna do this the two of us chatting we've had yep, many a yep. good conversation over the years <laughs> car rides many, uh, mis- and uh retreats and whatnot so we'll mispronounce names <laughs> um, but yeah just some, yeah history you know uh we probably mentioned it, but Father Raj, Raj and I go back to before he was a priest, before I was married, when I was like in high school and he was like a confirmation catechist and um, just a now long journey. And here we are talking about the Mandalorian. Uh, who yeah. would have thought? Who would have I, thought? I won't say that I, I know I know you more than, than your wife knows you, but um, there are certain things I know maybe that, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that uh, she might not know. Yeah. Feel free to uh, edit that seen... out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll keep that. We'll keep that. He, uh, Father Raj married us, so there's a lot of cool background, and we don't get a chance to riff like this. So, But with that being said, Mandalorian, really awesome show. So for this uh, episode, I have formalized this segment called The Escalator Pitch. Or what does what escalators make? Like I don't think they're supposed to make sounds. If they make a sound, that is something difficult. Yeah, you'd probably get off it. So yeah, wait. Why is this? Why is this an escalator pitch, not an elevator pitch? Oh, that's right. We during filming or recording of this, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so elevators are kind of avoided. You know, so you don't want to be an elevator with another person. So open air escalator pitch. So. Um, yeah, same concept. 
We're going to okay. say, you know, for for those listeners. But are you like on the escalator, you, like a distance away? So you're like, you're yelling at the, the other person? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a, like a dramatic, like you're going up the escalator and telling the whole world off of the escalator <laughs> okay. that why you should watch this show. And then you have only until the end. So like, we'll see less than a minute. So. All right. Um, but yeah, so. Escalator pitch, uh, just forewarning, I actually didn't prepare one, even though this is a segment that I created. So let's go for it. So I'm, I'm about to enter the escalator, and you, listener, maybe you've never listened to, uh, watched The Mandalorian, even heard of The Mandalorian, and you're, you know, you're saying, should I, listen, should I watch this show? And my pitch is this, in uh, one minute or less, is if you love children, <laughs> specifically adorable alien children, and you love the... Fl- seeing a father sacrifice and you want to see the growth of of love and sacrifice through the galaxy then this is the show to watch the mandalorian (laughs) (laughs) wow that's good you got the the sound effect there on the end um that was a great take uh oh gosh i want to watch it again now yeah yep i'm gonna look out for that that father sacrifice and adorable adorable children child yep we all know we all know that's that's what a lot of people watch it for so okay father raj you're, you're oh, up gosh. you're on that you're getting on the escalator i'm i'm getting off and now, going now i'm gonna tell the same <laughs> yeah. people different people yeah. that, <laughs> that uh, anyway yeah, it, all right so my my pitch is 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 if you like an adventure story with action with um some very interesting characters that um that are in a system, um, in a world, in a society where, you know, you're not really sure who your friends are. You're not really mm-hmm. sure who you can work with, but you still, um, find the way. This is mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you find mm-hmm. the way on the journey mm-hmm. and you, you figure out how to, um, uh, journey through that mess when you have a particular mission. And this mission involves, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, reuniting, um, Somebody with somebody with with another group with a group that you think they belong to, that kind of adventure journey. If you like those journeys, like I don't know, um, Lord of the Rings or or yeah. The Hobbit or that's kind of the same universe <laughs> or uh, uh, Homeward Bound um, Homeward or like Bound. these journeys home or like um, um, the uh, Little Toaster. What is that? Oh, the Brave Little Toaster or <laughs> um, to- um, Land Before Time. Any of these things, mm. but set in space with um, with a cute child that 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 eats frogs. This is the show <laughs> for you. Is that spoiler free? Is it? Is, is I think the eating frogs free. is spoiler free. Okay. I think that's good. That's good. All right. Um, ding ding. That's the elevator is now closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it stopped. It has, it has to be clean now. Um, so to be right. fair, like Let's... I, I didn't prepare that either. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> I thought you did. No, I was like, oh man, this is good. So, uh, listeners, if you have a preference, who won the elevator pitch? Who was who convinced you more to to watch it? Uh, give a shout out on on the comments, and uh, you know, I think we'll keep this on and just make it a contest every episode. Okay, see how it goes. Cool. Um, but yeah, so again, we, we had some hintings. We're still in the spoiler-free zone right now. We haven't dropped the Ian, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, the sound clip. And uh, so let's let's talk about it without trying to do much so much spoiler. So, you know, Father Raj, what, what's your take on why The Mandalorian has become 
kind of this cultural phenomenon for 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 everyone it feels like what what's your take yeah um i have spoiler filled answers uh, to to this okay. but I'll, I'll try and do one with a spo- spoiler free one I, I think ultimately um because it was a series um it allowed you to journey with characters and to see like characters um with greater depth and mm-hmm. um because it was stretched out um uh, it allowed um, kind of a, a story to to find its um, roots with without being rushed in like an hour and a half, two hours, even three yep. hours in a movie. You you have this opportunity to kind of um, to to develop it, and I think um, the episodic kind of nature to it 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 allowed for folks to like. Um, to get engaged for an episode that had a beginning and an end, but also long for mm-hmm. more. And then, and then, but it was still like film quality or like, um, it was still, you know, high quality produced like a film, had the budget like a film. And then you toss in some really memorable characters. And then there's also the kind of, um, the nod to uh, answering a lot of questions or, or a lot of Easter eggs from other stuff that people already, already really enjoy. So yep. um, yeah. I think that was just a, a wonderful mix of things. Definitely. Yeah. And to riff on that a little bit more, you know, I, I do love that kind of idea of elongating a series, you know, when you have an IP uh, like a universe as so well known and so beloved by star Wars, you know, it's really easy to mess it up, right? Mm-hmm. It's really easy to kind of do things wrong. Uh, but, you know, I, I think of Cobra Kai, you know, for example, like how do you take an IP that's so like well-known and make it beloved? Well, you expand it, you build characters that are deeper um, and you get to know even like kind of um, the idea of like not knowing your main characters that you may have wanted, but in Mandalorian, no spoilers, it's the name. It's it's following kind of a a, a, a culture group of people, you know, that's, you don't really you know of yeah but you don't really know that well if you if you followed like the movies of Star Wars and so there gives that freedom to be like okay let's do it like i think about John Favreau doing Iron Man for Marvel Universe which you know he's also the executive producer for Mandalorian he did executive producer Iron Man um and which really brought the Marvel to life it's like okay let's take a character that is not well known it's not a you know it's not a what's big marvel like Spider-Man it's not a um fantastic four it's iron man you know traditionally and you could correct me wrong if i'm wrong father Raj, iron man was not a well-known character yeah it was like b-list in the, not in the comics for a long yeah. time until some some major arcs right um um yeah so um he was you know in, in some sense considered a b-list avenger which will shock so many people if you tell them that because they they would be like what do you mean like he should be the one that that is in the front line of everything because they've seen the movies and all that stuff um, and yep. because of some major comic book arcs in the last um, two decades. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so I think that's the big reason you're taking a character that's not really – a lot of people know immediately connect that to Star Wars. And then you expand on it. The the episodic nature is big. You know, I, I know there's a lot of complaints about series now where it's like I have to watch the whole season mm-hmm. to get it. Or I have to wait until episode four or five to yeah. get something. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you just – I remember, you know, with uh, – uh, the Mandalorian. It's like I feel like I, I didn't watch the first like four episodes of the second season, and I watched the fifth episode, which is uh, you know, uh, uh, and I I felt like I didn't miss much actually, but I could go back and watch uh-huh. the first episodes uh-huh. in any order and still enjoy the series and still feel like I, I get a lot out of it, um, which is really cool. Yeah, that that whole episodic thing, I think um, it has to be managed well, and, and Disney has has 
has done it well. Um, you know, they you consider other things, right? So like Cobra Kai, you mentioned earlier, when they released, they released all the episodes and folks could just binge it. And I know a lot of folks yeah. who were just like, I wish I could binge Mandalorian or or now with WandaVision. I wish I could just binge all of it. Um, yep. But there is, there's like a, kind of an art to it to say like, okay, this is what we're going to give you piece by piece. And that, that uh, allows you to kind of, I don't know, I think it's a space that allows you to, to reflect on, to build ideas, yeah. build theories during the week and then allow them to surprise you and then allow them to bring in like um, uh, Easter eggs and characters you didn't expect or mm-hmm. develop characters that you like, you didn't even think you were gonna, they were going to dedicate uh, episodes to their stories, but you oh, got yeah. like deep stories about these, some of these side characters. And um, yeah, I think that's valuable how the, the, the way that, um, all those involved in the project and, and shout outs to, as you mentioned already, John Favreau, but, um, Filoni, Dave Filoni, yep, Dave Filoni. um, like the art in like saying, okay, we're going to put this one image at the end of this episode, or we're going to put, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we're going to have this character's name said, uh, just so, and, and the way that the art that they do that, um, where it doesn't feel like just kind of, clickbaity or just kind of conspiracy yeah, yeah. mongering way but in a way that's like it's it feels right like you're on the journey with these characters it's yeah, it's an yeah. art and, and i think they do it incredibly well they're doing it now yeah, with wandavision and, um in terms of disney yeah. as a as a company oh we'll, we'll definitely have to hit wandavision <laughs> but you know uh to to speak on that idea of um you know the artist artistry behind this is that i think a big reason it's a cultural phenomenon also is because you can come in as a Star Wars fan, watch the Clone Wars, Rebels, all the series, know these characters, and it does this. I, I want fan service sounds cheap nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this, look at this fan service. But in a sense, it is. It's saying we're going to drop this in a way that if you followed the entire universe, you're rewarded with. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I know who it is. But at the same time, for me, I'm a, I'm a semi Star Wars fan. I've watched you know the movies, but I I started watching Clone Wars. But I'm still not. I'm not like I don't feel like I got less of an experience because I'm not following. Mm-hmm. The entire entire universe and i'm still like okay i don't know who this is i didn't get this big drop but i still got the joy of the episode and how it ended and it's still satisfying and i still you know enjoy it so i, I feel like that that adds to it also yeah i think that's that's totally uh real i mean i know folks i have friends who don't have never watched a single uh, star wars thing but they enjoy um the mandalorian um because i, I think they they get invested with with the characters and um uh, quickly, I think that's um, one thing that mm, the writing mm. does. You, you're engaged. You're, there's a little bit of mystery, so you're intrigued. But but you, um, the characters are likable, you know, even if they're flawed. And that is is universal. That's the reason we have storytelling. Yeah. It's the reason we have books um, that people can relate. People can enter in the, to the story, or it's it's not beyond their imagination. And so whether or not you know all the little Easter eggs, those things are great. Um, but as a whole, like you you know the story you know what it means to um, be given a responsibility that maybe you didn't expect but but now you got to figure out a way how to do that or or maybe um maybe you're given um you know people maybe there's people that you don't necessarily trust and so you have to figure that those questions out right so those major themes that are um that are available that that these shows present to us that this show particularly mandalorian um it allows the user to maybe, you know, just not escape from the world, but kind of 
as we've talked about in other stories, enter into the universe and yep, um, yep. and kind of see what they would do, imagine what they would, how they would respond. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Okay. I, f- I feel the need. Yeah, we, we are definitely going to remove the, the helmet and <laughs> remove the spoiler-free zone. So uh, drop that spoiler drop. This is a spoiler alert. Again, shout-outs to Ethan and Ian for that uh, wonderful drop, that soundbite for the spoiler. It's wonderful. Uh, so, uh, but with that, you know, I'm kinda, I, I don't want to call this Would You Rather because it's a mix-mash of, of Would You Rathers and some questions. So I'm just, I'm just going to call this the This or That. And again, if, if, that, if that Ian spoiler uh, sound was enough for you to be like, okay, I should stop and watch The Mandalorian if you haven't, you know, feel free to venture on but be be warned we're we're taking the helmet off we're exposing spoilers so all right first one of this or that father raj which name do you prefer to use the child or grogu <laughs> you know i wasn't um uh, i i wasn't too offended as, as as i know some folks were like grogu what a, how, that's such a horrible name um i wasn't too offended i mean it's it's a galaxy. I mean, there's we, all, all kinds of names that we've we've heard. It's a lot of kind of crazy names. Um, the question is, were you were you uh, offended by Baby Yoda? <laughs> See, yeah, I, I mean, this is you making a, a statement because you know me, because <laughs> you know <laughs> that um, you know I know you know words matter and like accuracy, yep. right? So like, it did frustrate me, frustrate me that people called him Baby Yoda. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's clearly not Yoda, he yep. is of the species that Yoda is, and Yaddle, and some of the the very few yep. other species that we we've, we've heard, um, other people of that species that we've we've seen in the universe. But he's not Baby Yoda, and so to call him that, yep. um, it frustrated me because because he's he's <laughs> he's not like Yoda as a baby, which a lot of people it caused people confusion from the beginning. Yep, Wait, yep. Yoda's here and he's a baby. So anyway. Yep. The fact that people started saying Baby Yoda bugged me. Um, yep. But I thought the child was a good, like, um, a good, a great choice of naming him the child and using that for a long time. So uh, if I had to pick one, I would. I like the mystery of of just keep calling him the child. Um, mm-hmm. That would be like one of those things. It would be really epic if it was until like the total end of the story before we got his name. But you know. Yeah. It would. It would like. Oh, spo- oh, we're in spoiler zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that, <laughs> that part. But uh, uh, for me, you know, it's so interesting. We talk about the power of names, right? Yeah. I feel like the reveal of Grogu's name with uh, Ahsoka, you know, in that episode mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, yeah, he has a name. I feel like it wouldn't be as powerful if there wasn't such a conflict and mystery about is it the child? Is it Baby Yoda? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it wasn't for like that correction that we have to put on merchandise that it's the child <laughs> when the name came up. You know, it's like, <gasps> but it, you're right. It's just a name. Like the, they could have dropped the name at any time. Yeah. But like the beauty of the art you mentioned of how that name has purpose and brought it out. And yeah, there's there's no significance in the name Grogu in anywhere in Star yeah. Wars. Lore, what, what was but... more significant was the fact that it was their relationship or like because they shared a common identity, like um, that they were like between Ahsoka. Ahsoka was able to to know really who mm, Grogu yep. was because they had um, this common bond of uh, yep. being force sensitive. Force. Yeah. Yep. So I thought that was powerful. Um, but yeah, the name for me, any name can do. I, I will say though, even though I don't like the baby Yoda name, I really like that. Um, 
that cover that uh, somebody made of um, Dear Theodosia from Hamilton, but uh, oh, Dear Baby Yoda. Have you not heard this? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I need a... Dear Baby Yoda. No, no. Anyway, so... That's great. You gotta, you gotta look it up. Okay, I'll do, especially with my wife loves Hamilton, so go. I need to find that. That way, and then that um, was my and, um, obligatory um, singing for the episode. I think I sing it every yeah. TU episode. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I'm someone on. go back and, and count count all the times Father Roger sang. Oh, um, and, and not to belabor this this one, but since we're talking about it, you know, I, I, I didn't want to spoil it, but I think Grogu, let's be honest, is a big pull for for the Mandalorian. I was watching it with my wife. Uh-huh. And she, again, she's not she Star Wars fan at all, mm-hmm. and I kind of was hesitant. Like, is she gonna like the Mandalorian? And you know, every, it was like really violent, you know. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. doesn't like violence. And then when it gets to the part with, uh, you know, the child Grogu, her heart just melts, and then she gets attached to it. And you mentioned in the spoiler spoiler free zone, like you know, this attachment to characters and just the way the child is done. You know, you watch documentaries about how it's like a, a traditional, not it's animatronic or puppet. Like it's yeah, it's, it's not a CG. physical. It's um, physical effects, right? So yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing a combination of a variety of uh, physical effects. By the way, if you if you're watching The Mandalorian, also watch uh, whatever that um, the documentary is called. That's on Disney Plus. Also, they're gonna yeah, yeah. the um, gallery or whatever Star Wars gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, we can fix that in the show notes. Yep. Uh, whatever it's called, if I don't <laughs> got that right, but but it's such a great uh, documentary series. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, you're right. right. It, you know the um. There's a, a believability enough in the way that the character is animated and um, interacted with, and I think some of the actors have made comments about that. That you know, having a physical thing to interact with um, made a difference in their acting and their emotion, yep. and I think that makes us desire to to um, be in. You know, like we want to hold him, we want to care yeah, for him yeah. and nurture him. <laughs> we want to want to feed. You know, even if he's frog eating eggs. frogs and eating frog eggs, we're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're a child, even though he's like whatever it is, many years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So so next, this or that. Which season ending did you like better? I feel like this is a oh. season one or season two. Gosh, uh, uh, season two is just so epic. And, and, yep. and so hard. Uh, it's got everything, right? Like the big reveal the um, action that leads all the way up to the end, but there's still so yep. many questions. And then the heart, the heart wrenching moment of having to, to say goodbye, you know? Mm, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, it hits, I, I it's hard. Yeah. And I was like watching it again and, uh, you know, looking at comments too, about like the reveal of it, like how it, it builds up, like it's, it's an X wing, like, Oh, who is it? Yeah, is it, yeah. is it this character? Is it, Oh, it's, it's, I think there's jokes about like, it being that rebel like police officer that tries to recruit Kara, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, like they think it's him. Uh, like, what is he doing? And then the guy yeah, from the, uh, the dad from Kim, Kim's uh, Convenience, Kim, Kim's a cute Paul, yep, yep. That who, guy, which, um, yeah. That's a funny story too. I got there, but but yeah, and then and then it goes into a black and white screen, so you don't see the color of the lightsaber. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I didn't notice that, and it's like that build up. Yeah, it's security oh man, camera. then yeah, it's and then you see the hand, the robe, and then the hand and the yeah. glove, and then finally. You get to see the reveal of of uh, hey, our spoiler zone, so Luke Skywalker. Yeah, um, but Luke. Uh, the reason I brought this up is because season one I feel like is a bigger payout for those that have hit, may have watched Clone Wars. Okay. So what was that like to to watch season one ending with you know Dark Saber watching Clone? I didn't watch a Clone Wars, uh-huh. so not knowing knowing that. Yeah, I can't remember if if when I watched uh, the end of of that season, if I had already kind of um, looked into. Um, Kind of some of the rumors about who's coming in next season, but but all of that could together, just like oh my gosh, they're Filoni, Dave Filoni's bringing in all of this um, 
this lore that was uh, eliminated from the um, from the universe when Disney bought it, and they 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 you know they talked about um, you know what was canon now, got rid of some a lot of other other things. But over the years, through Clone Wars and through uh, Rebels, and um, even now that 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 resistance uh cartoon um oh yeah yep uh he's been doing so much of like bringing in like key elements from those other universes and making them canon again um some characters and some some um artifacts and stuff and then when when um that was solidified because we weren't sure throughout the mandalorian we weren't sure like you know were we gonna see um uh, you know, we're still not sure. Are, are we going to see Ezra Bridger? Or where, yep. where are you going to see Ahsoka Tano? Where are you going to see these characters, right? And then that symbol of of Mandalore, uh, the dark saber, being in somebody else's hand. Uh, when we, I think, we last saw it in in Bo-Katan's hand. Um, yep. Uh, it was just so like, oh my gosh, way more questions. So this overflow of of questions and like, but also way more opportunity to kind of okay. Maybe we'll be revisiting some of these characters, and I can't remember. I did. think was season one of Mandalorian. Did that um, that ended before the last uh, season of Rebels, right? Um, I don't know. Or last season know. of Clone Wars, because um, they the, did another the season. lost season or whatever. Yeah, the, or whatever. The... So anyway, there was lots of yeah. Just the fact that he was uniting um, some storylines. Uh, yeah, that was epic. Yeah. And then some background, because I, I had to get my coworker loves Star Wars, right? And I didn't know this, you know, when Mandalorian came out, I didn't know about legends and canon and all that kind of stuff in EU. And so I was like, oh, that I, I kind of Star Wars is all one universe. And he, he stopped me. He's like in his 40s and he read uh, the books. Right. And he uh, said, all right, we're not going to work anymore. I'm going to explain <laughs> to you <laughs> legends. And and, and so he explained to me. And for, so this is for you viewers, not not Father Raj knows this already. Uh, but for you listeners like who don't understand Star Wars, if you may have known, hey, I know the movies, right? I know Luke Skywalker, Leia. I know the you know prequels. I love Jar Jar Binks. Said no one ever. <laughs> Just kidding. If you love Jar Jar Binks, he gets some redemption you know, I, I, in the cartoons. <laughs> okay, some redemption, <laughs> but Sith Lord Jar Jar Binks. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so kind of backstory. We all know the history of Disney acquiring Lucasfilms fully, right? There's there's collaborations. And this was before the latest one with um, Ray, right? The the latest sequel trilogy. And before that, as we've been talking about this whole time, when Star Wars came out in what, the 70s? Afterwards, there was just books and comic books and, and just this expanded universe. It, it was really like, you know, a really built out universe. Um, you know, my f- worker was, you know, explained to me that Chewie dies in the, in the expanded universe. And so there's a lot of things that were like, okay, these beloved characters because the universe expanded. So when Disney acquired, you know, Lucasfilms, they said, you know, hey, we want to bring back some of these iconic characters because not everyone read the books. They know the movies, right? They know Chewie. They know Han Solo. They know this. So we're going to call every – they kind of like Thanos snapped uh, in a way the this this expanded universe and said we're going to call that Legends. You know, as, as Father Raj said, it's it's Legends. It's it's on its own. It's, it's doing its thing, but we're going to create a new continuity. This is very common in comic books. And, you know, that's, again, giving kind of more background to Father Raj thing. It's, it be felt like betrayal for a lot of these Star Wars fans um, that said, hey, what, what are you doing with this? Like, I grew up with this. But to have a series bring that back in a way that's also accessible to new people, again, Filoni and Favreau did an amazing job. And uh, I would just appreciate it a lot. I'm not tearing up. Yeah, I, I just like, needed water. Wow, yeah. <laughs> wow, you get a little emotional there, Rince. Um Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a phenomenal job of kind of um, honoring and respecting a lot of those um, important things to some of those previous um, stories, right? And then it makes it like like the characters are being born again or birthed, right? When we ever see yeah, them, either yeah. either in video games now, also like right, so video games or um, or in the current comics, right? So there's still comics going out, and then. Um, the cartoons and the shows now all these shows that are coming to to Disney Plus it's going to be crazy to see some of these um uh, characters come to life and developed yep. Obi-Wan oh. oh yeah yep totally so uh next this or that uh would you rather do the Kessel run unassisted <laughs> by any droids or transport a frog lady and her spawn without jumping to hyperspace yeah, I'm going to go purely based on, um, you know, chance of death, and I will transport the frogs, <laughs> the frog lady. Um, I think I have a better chance of surviving uh, surviving okay. that. Let me let me add an addendum. You have the child with you, and a part of the mini, ep, like, part of it is to prevent the mini the game. It's like a mini eating. game on the ship yeah. of, like, and I got to prevent the child the eggs, from eating all the eggs. Yep. If the eggs get eaten, then then you, you end up, like, the, the frog. Kind of kill, yeah. We just we we, we fail our mission. We die. <laughs> also, go, also no. Also go with <laughs> okay. that. I, I think. I mean, um, yeah. Solo wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't the, my favorite favorite movie, but um, I think they did a good job of of showing um, you know how dangerous and crazy the Kessel Run is. So yeah. Okay. I I do the Kessel Run. Okay. I think it's just if <laughs> you know if 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 I make it out, great. If I don't, then you know it was, it was a fun ride. <laughs> it's just, is it just because you don't so, want to deal with people rents? Is that what? <laughs> yes. Like, I, dude, like a frog lady and not going to hyperspace. I feel like you're going so slow. Like, imagine saying like, yeah, I want you to drive to Florida, but you have to only go thirty miles per hour. When did you like go like? Yeah, I would go crazy. I put on some podcasts. You're, you're right. You're right. Truly so, universal. Sensible. Famine fed. So there you go. <laughs> yep. New podcast coming out. Look out for that announcement. Um, Easter eggs. <laughs> so uh, next one. Uh, would you rather join Bo-Katan's Death Watch loyalist slash resistance slash her, her uh, what is it, Sasha Banks crew? Uh, I think they're called uh, the Night Owls, actually. Oh, the Night Owls. That's right. That's right. Okay. Because, yeah, um, as a rookie recruit or be recruited or found is in the Children of the Watch, which is Din Djarin's group as a foundling. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, do I have skills already as a rookie? Um, like, have I have I grown up as like a mercenary or a fighter or something? Oh, that's a that's a good question. We're gonna go with it was enough to feel like you were re- like able to be recruited. Ah, okay. I like so, the but yeah. I like the autonomy there of like or like the you know being able to make the choice myself and um and I think I dig their little group. I mean yeah. Um I think I mean that scene is epic. Yeah, they have the help of uh Mando uh Dinjarin when they but when they take over that um that transport um uh, and uh you know they're looking for when it's just the four of them and then uh what is the scene where like they're like like the people in the um, in the bridge are like, how many are there? And they're like, oh, I don't know. There's like twenty, and then they find out it's like just four. It's just yeah, the four yeah. of them, uh, Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an epic scene. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah. I, I think I would join join up with them. Like, okay. Cool crew. Yeah. Now, now that you, so I I didn't want to change it too much on you because I think my intention was like 
you're a rookie, like the one that cleans guns. Oh, <laughs> like you, like you, you. I don't mind doing so that. I don't want to be me. Work your way up. <laughs> okay, I could do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd do that too. How about you? Yeah, uh, I, I think I would go with the Foundling. I think just seeing, uh, just the the pack that they have, and just seeing them grow up in that. Okay. Of course, it's you know a little uh, you don't realize, and again, that's kind of a rest of topic a little bit later. You don't realize how different they are from the other Mandalorians, mm-hmm. but in that moment, like it, it's kind of good. Like they have a code. It feels respectable. They're powerful, um, and yeah. So you're talking about be... even having being part of the tribe on um, Navarro, like with the armor and those other. Things. Yeah, so yeah. like not just the moment when he was like, uh, but but continuing on having still even after the purge, still having the um, the uh, those relationships in that little tribe in Navarro. Okay, that's different because I thought you were saying like foundling, and then just you know that, but but. They have a community too, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's yeah, yeah, and and apparently, like, the, I just imagine this kid, like, on his birthday, it's like, here's this Beskar sword <laughs> given <laughs> given from Din. It's like, yeah, for the foundlings, yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of blinged out, you know. So you got a, a a Mandalorian with like Beskar like tooth, you know, grills, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay, last one for this or that. So, Father Raj, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just leave this to you. Who would you pick on your squad as the head of your hospitality ministry at your church, <laughs> at your parish? Boba Fett or Din Djarin? Um, That's a great question. Um, I think because we know that Din Djarin will, like, take care of children well. And, <laughs> um, and uh, he, you know... He isn't as I would see Boba as more kind of like gruff and like, and um, you know the silence is okay for a hospitality minister if they, if if they aren't I don't know I I it's a tough that's a tough question Rents we need to improve yeah. hospitality at our parishes and you make me pick one of these guys <laughs> one who never takes off his mask and then another yep. one. Who just doesn't smile? Who's like oh. a bounty hunter killer? Well, they're both bounty hunter killers. So, yep. yeah, I I pick Boba Fett mostly because, like, at least you can see a face, you know, like sure. And there's like something there, and you know, a face full of scars like, and like yeah. skin grafts because judge. of the sarlacc acid. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, are we? Do you think? Okay. Tangent, do you think they're going to address that at all? Like in the Boba Fett series, like how he got out? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, unless it just becomes one of those mysteries. But I think they will. Maybe they'll do a flashback. Yeah. Um, so, so, some backstory listeners for Boba Fett. Again, this is – I'm not a Star Wars fan. I just kind of look up a lot of things afterwards. But if you if you recall, if you watched the Return of the Jedi, you know, the original third movie of the original trilogy, which is confusing because it's number six – but it was the third one, you know. We get it, we get it. He wanted room. Yeah. Um, You know, Boba Fett is this, like, really badass, like, bounty hunter that captures Han Solo. And it's like, you know, he he was actually a fan favorite for the original, you know, people that grew up in Star Wars. And then on the third film, he's given this very unceremonious death. Like, right? It's like, (laughs) you watch it, it's like, how does he die? Like, he gets pushed over? Uh, I I I think uh, is it uh, now? Now I'm blanking. Now that I want to remember, but doesn't Han Solo accidentally set off his jetpack? I think so. oh, yeah, that, right? that, that's it. Like, yeah. And so, and then that was a nod in the first se- first episode of the second season that um, 
that Din Djarin does it to uh, Cobb Van's character similarly. Oh, that he, that's that right. That he like punctures his jetpack and then sends him off. Um, that's right. Fine. I didn't realize yeah. that. That's hello. That's pretty funny. So yeah. So uh, and then then they bring him back. Yeah. So, so like this, you know, this amazing. Like you imagine. Like now, if you think about the um, the fights scenes that we see in season two of Mandalorian with Boba Fett, like and how intense and how amazing he is as a as a fighter. And you just imagine at the end of <laughs> Return of the Jedi where he just he just gets jet packed into a sarlacc pit, um, and yeah, then for and decades we don't so. know what happened to him or we just assume he's dead. Yeah, and then, and then the lore in the background, if if you want to Google it, is that he he survived several times apparently, and the sarlaccs are kind of this weird species that I don't know, it's like telekinetic or something like that. So yeah, there's um, a lot. Star of, Wars yeah. fans out there, don't don't hate me. I I don't know inform me i'd love to learn more about it so shoot us a message yeah so yeah yeah if that, i got that wrong uh, too yeah that. if i got that wrong totally um yeah just send me an I, angry email i think you're right i think it's han solo like like he's <laughs> i forget <laughs> yeah but we'll go anyway. we'll go look it up so all right that was fun thank you again for listening to another one of our episodes i've got some exciting announcements for you real quick before we get back now be on the lookout for a new podcast we're launching during this lent Get this, a virtual book club based on a book that many of you probably read in school, Lois Lowry's The Giver. Now, this podcast is hosted by none other than Sean Salvatin, who you've heard on the Harry Potter and Purge episodes, alongside one of our good friends, Mrs. Myra Natty. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why The Giver during Lent? Now, according to Myra, The Giver is a perfect book to reflect on Lent in a truly urban picks fashion. But you have to check it out on Ash Wednesday, February 17th to hear more about it. So be on the lookout on social media on how you can participate and or just listen to the podcast and share it with someone. We also just launched a new bi-weekly article series, Pentatake, where Bob Hess, known for his coffee articles and love of sports, gives his hilarious pun-filled takes on the top five sports topics. You don't want to miss out, especially if you want to keep track of all the different sports news coming out. And of course, Urban Picks couldn't be here without the generous support from our listeners and friends. So special shout outs to Venus and Cam for their continual support on Patreon. It's not too late to join in and check out ways to get stickers, pins, and patches as our thank you to our friends and family who support us. Now back to our episode, The Mandalorian. Now, let's move on to the, the truly universal aspect of this. And, and the reason why I, I wanted just two of us, Father Raj and I, to, to talk about this is because we're going to focus the conversation really about, you know, culture, creed, and code, uh, and beliefs, and a little bit about religion. You know, the Star Wars universe, even The Mandalorian itself, is super expansive. As we just said, we alluded to it, and we, we went for a good, like, 30 minutes just talking about it. And we can take, we're not going to talk about the Jedi so much, you know, just kind of tangentially. We're not going to talk about the, the political galactic kind of intrigue that happens in Star Wars, which is a big part of it. Um, but, you know, or the post, you know, post rebellion. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to do some so, of that stuff in future episodes and, and get some other yeah, for sure. uh, fans and super fans in here to talk about it. But, but yeah, I think yeah, so, the, 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 when you watch The Mandalorian, there are some themes that just kind of, um, jump out at us about like okay how how is this again when we what we do on this podcast is you know catholic um uh in another universe right um yep in another um so i yeah i'm, I'm yeah. excited to chat about some of these questions that you have Ren. so 
Yeah, so, so, so let's talk about. So, I, you know, the first thing I think of with Mandalore, right? And let's focus in on the the view of Dinjarin, right? We we know later on that he's actually kind of a, a what a zealot group is what Bo-Katan calls it, like kind of like a, a, a schismatic group, if you would, or a kind of a, a very, um, you know, to quote my sister, there's a this very derogatory term that she she loves to throw out this like rad trad, and I don't know where <laughs> she she loves using that, and I just try to correct her like, what are you saying? Cause, you know, yeah, um, well, like from so, uh, not to say you know. Uh, God love your sister, um, but but that is like even even in Bo-Katan's character, right? Like so, the way that she talks about um, this group of uh, the children of the Watch is just is dismissive, right? Like so to, to, yeah, to yeah. kind of say um, uh, that that because of their um, their desires to be traditional, that all of them are like it's not what Mandalore yeah. needs. Right. I think there's some allusion to that, that, that their way, their traditional ways aren't going to help Mandalore achieve its mission. Right. And, um, yep. And I think that's, yeah. that, that's where some of the conflict comes between, especially between, um, the night owls and then Din Djarin. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about, so Din focusing on Din's kind of creed. So what, what makes up his version of Mandalore. How would you describe it uh, in the best you can in terms of, okay, what's their culture? What's their code? What's their creed? Uh, things that we see in the series that, that happens a lot. Yeah, I think one of the things um, that is clear is that it, it, a lot of this is informed by, um, we kind of mentioned earlier, but but the tribal aspect of um, mm-hmm. this, this kind of last group of believers, at least, um, to Mando's uh, kind of viewpoint, his small world of of this kind of cohort, this small group that is undercover in um, Navarro on the planet of Navarro, and like it seems like they don't have contact with any other uh, members of uh, Mandalore, and so in their own kind of in a way to preserve their beliefs, there is maybe some some rigidness to them, right? Like so, uh, mm-hmm. we hear this phrase, "This is the way." Um, and and it's kind of this mantra that you know the armorer says, and then and uh, Dinjarin uh, repeats whenever there's this notion of breaking a rule, right? Or or, or also yep. in when doing something important, um, they'll 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 say this. This is the way. And I think that's what it's rooted in. It's this idea that that their beliefs, their vows, their traditions, their code help them to survive as a culture, help them to survive as a society. Yep. I think that's what it's it's at the heart of of some of that. No, definitely, definitely. And you know, it's it's interesting. You know, the other things that you see of of the creed is like making sure you return, you either take on a family as your own mm-hmm. and you raise it as your your clan, or you bring it back to its people. And that's the whole driving force of the first two seasons. If if it wasn't for the Man- Mandos, then Jaren's, you know, uh, beliefs in his in his creed and his code, you wouldn't see him trying so hard to you know, get Grogu back to, again, uh, his uh, space wizards, yeah, as yeah. the armor says. And, you know, of course that changes, right? Towards the end, it sees like, I love the dynamic of, okay, we, we've we established in the first season, his, his code is Creed, putting on the helmet, you can't take it off. No one can see it. You see that very strongly, you know, uh, making sure he's being honorable and in, in, in as honorable as a bounty hunter can be um, in his exchanges and, you know, returning it. And then kind of slowly you see like, okay, that creed kind of eroding a little bit for the child, you know, um, you see like, Hey, he's, you start to see people, he, he starts to see other supposed Mandalorians 
like uh, Cobb Vanth, and you see like, oh, Mando's like, hey, I, I see you. Oh, you wear Mandalorian armor, therefore you have the same creed as I do, right? You have the same code. Don't, you're not, and then he takes off the the helmet, and it's this great scene of like, hey, what what are you doing? You're not a Mandalorian. Yeah. You don't belong here. To, you don't even deserve to wear that armor. And the, you know, Convanth is like, yeah, I just I just found the armor. I don't really. I'm just kind of in there. Um, and then slowly you see that, and then he meets Bo-Katan, and it's like, oh wait, what what's going on? Like why why I, my religious kind of creed and code is is a lot bigger you know yeah i mean um i think we we can see this in 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 some folks i think we could probably this is not and hopefully not to generalize also but i think we we've seen that when we were in the seminary right when we would see guys who who entered the seminary and maybe they were um a little more sheltered or they didn't have a they have a had a smaller view of the church because of their community which was important which was beautiful that kind of rooted them on on the, the basics of the faith um, and then, but when they got to the seminary and they saw that the church maybe was a little bit bigger or there were, um, um, kind of different opinions that could still work within this playground of the rules of the church, um, yep. that there was some shock to it or, um, scandal even. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a common example I think of is, um, history church lesson, uh, you know, 19, before 1960s, if you went to, you know, mass Catholic mass, our, 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 our church, you would hear it in Latin, right? You would, and there was kind of this kind of movement lately that said, "Oh, you know, let's go back to those those older days of of the church and, and in Latin." And there's something, you know, not archaic, but something beautiful in it. So it became kind of a, a I wouldn't say a movement, but a preference for having to hear the the service in Latin. And then you juxtapose that with people that are like, you know, English, and they want to have, you know. Uh, praise and worship or contemporary guitar where it traditionally was Latin and organ and, and you see this conflict um, in it. And it's again, it's like, okay, how do I deal with that? Like, is I grew up thinking that this is the best, highest form of, of church for both sides, both mm-hmm. praise and worship side, traditional Latin. How, how do I reconcile that? This is, this is it, you know? And Father Raj, what, what was kind of your advice to like those, those scenarios? Like, how did you kind of navigate? Yeah, I, I think one of the, I mean, um, when we talk about rules or laws or whatever, the church, I, I, I'll return to that, that, um, you know, the last code of canon law, um, you know, is that the salvation of souls, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, right, salus animarum lex suprema mest, right? The salvation of souls is the supreme law. And, um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of rules, a lot of laws. We have a lot of different variations in the church, but ultimately we're about saving souls. And so to see things through the lens of, okay, well, what is best for this community or for this person that I'm journeying with, um, how to how to save their soul? If we can get more folks to ask that question in the church, like mm-hmm. to, to, to ask that, you know, even if they think that, that for them or their, this view is, is the right way, the way, this is the way. Um, yeah, yep, yep. even if they think that that's that, how do you get somebody else there? Right. And, um, and can you journey with them, uh, to see the beauty? If, if you're, if your thought is there, there's something valuable about, um, celebrating church this way, you know, to journey with somebody, uh, to seeing the beauty there rather than just, um, kind of digging your heels in the ground and saying, this is the way. Right. Um, yeah. I find it like it was it was crazy because, um, you know, uh, some people will see that Bo-Katan uses that as a mocking thing when she mm-hmm. when she mm-hmm. s- she says it, um, I think so, a couple times. 
But then she says it at the very end of uh, that scene where they've captured the um, transport and um, she finally tells uh, Dinjarin to go look for Ahsoka Tano. And so like she's helping him continue the mission. And so then she yep. says, this is, this is the way. So like, it's kind of this like moment where they recognize, man, we're on the same mission. And, but, but your, yep. your, your way of doing it is going to lead you this way. And, um, I've got to go this other way. And they come back together again, yeah. beautifully on this pilgrimage kind of journey thing, um, at the end. <laughs> yep. And, and we'll see what, what season three has in store. Cause, oh, cause, man. um, you know, there's, there's uh, some conflict there. Fight on our hands. Um, but, but, but that yeah, that's what I that's my advice for for folks who who are journeying is to be like, okay, well, okay, you have value in that, you see value in that. Um, can I listen enough to see if there's value in the other thing, and then see where we can journey together? Or if um, you know, if the church has an option for this to be allowed, then we don't have to hate on one another. Let's let's see how we can yeah. learn from one another or or um, grow. Obviously, there's certain things that yeah. we can't negotiate. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. but that's where dialogue comes in. You have to talk about those things, you know, um, you know, and then kind of to to kind of piggyback on that, you know, earlier in that episode, the transport heist mission, there's a part where, you know, Bogotan says, all right, just get us to, you know, uh, agreements and contracts is important to the Mandalorian culture and to to the children of the watch. And so they make an agreement They you know, they say, we're only going to get you to here, you know, we're going to get you here. And then it's like, yeah, okay, we're here, we're in the bridge, I'm out. Then tell me what I need to know so I can continue my mission. And then Bo-Katan's like, no, let's let's take over. Yeah, and we got to take over like, the hey. ship. <laughs> yeah, like you're changing the terms of agreement, and that's that's a big no-no, right? In in the in his creed, mm-hmm. and Bo-Katan, then that's where he says a mock, where she says a mocking, like, no, we're gonna do this. This is the way, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's this moment where you see Din like think, okay, am I really gonna sacrifice my life for these like in his mind like schismatic disrespectful mandalorians who took off their masks or helmets and who i don't consider them and i'm really gonna sacrifice my life for them for this mission and he does that right he goes in front of all yeah. the 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 lasers and then releases what well, i don't know the, the i don't know the laser grenade what's the star wars yeah. term for that thermal detonator <laughs> um man my fault style dude don't crucify me star wars fans um and then you see that like like you said I, I that imagery of saving souls is is the the, the true creed that it, you know the church yeah, comes the down to the law. belief the ultimate law and he's doing that one for those people and but mostly like yeah he's saving the child grogu in that way in that sacrifice because he knows he has to do this if he wants to continue on and again so that that rigidness bends a little bit you know in a way um and it's kind of just that i remember that scene being really emotional because I, I i remember that in seminary it's like oh do i go to this latin mass or do i go to praise and worship like how do i balance the two i can do both it's okay <laughs> and be true to myself and, and sacrifice and you know I, I felt that so awesome um i mean yep. to be to be honest did did you go to mass friends oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah kidding. you're right i'm just kidding i'm a so I say this all the time. I'm a seminary and dropout. Oh gosh! Yeah. No, no, that's beautiful. You know, we talked about that kind of similarities religious. So, would you then? What I mean, this begs kind of a, a couple steps backwards, right? We talk about religion and and the similarities, but in what ways is the Children of the Watch, Mandalorian culture, creed code? Can we say, oh yeah, it's kind of a religion? Yeah. Or or is it not a religion? Like, so let's let's go in. Like we're we're going into the universe. We are Christians in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Then uh, how do we label it? Of course, you know we're respectful to it. We appreciate. We open dialogue. But what do we what do we call call them? What do we call this this set? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to call them a religion. Well, I mean, I guess now it, it depends on what what period you're speaking to, and then which group, right? Like, so now they're they're yeah, yeah. they're folks who just I think would consider some themselves culturally Mandalorian, but not necessarily practicers of any kind of belief in in a manda, right? Which um, mm-hmm. for those uh, that um, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to get this totally right, but this is just my understanding of it, is that similar to the to the believers in the Force, uh, believers um, like like the Jedi, right, or, or those who believe in the Force, uh, Mandalorians believe that they're all connected by by the Manda, or like they're all connected as one one soul. So those who believe that, um, I I would yeah, they're practicing religion, right? Because then that's what all their creeds, that's what all their rules um, are about protecting. Um, I think for for some of them, and we see this a lot, we see this in in the cartoons and then you know, now with the night owls with Bo-Katan, I think they see it not so much as a religion, but as, um, you know, preserving their culture, preserving their, um, their homeland, their territory. I would see it like that. Yeah. No. Awesome. So going back to kind of this comparison with Bo-Katan and Din Djarin, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? You know, we, we talk about her own, you know, outlook on, the Mandel code and her, you know, we talked about her kind of sarcasm. So, you know, any more thoughts on, yeah, on that? I mean, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. Cause I mean, clearly they have di- different missions, right. But their paths are crossing. Um, and but one, I think, I think fascinating place to kind of see, and we'll see how it ends up at the end of the series. But as much as, as Bo, um, you know, kind of <laughs> challenges the rigidness of uh, Mando of, of Din Djarin, as much as she does that and like, you know, kind of um, makes fun of his rigidness, she's rigid too about certain things, right? Like, so yeah, she, yeah. she she decides that like, or she, you know, when we're talking about the dark saber and like how it has to be earned that he, he can't just hand it to her. Like, I thought that was hilarious when like, you know, Mando just was like, oh, well, here, I don't want it. You have it. And yeah. then like Moff Gideon has to be the one to explain it because she's so upset, right? She's so upset yeah, that, yeah. that um, Moff Gideon has to explain that like she can't take it from you, right? Like, so she's being rigid there. And I wonder like, you know, I wonder if, uh, if, you know, it ever crossed her mind like, well, you know, even though we have this rule, right? What's the supreme law of the land, right? The, the salvation yeah, of souls, yeah. or like the, you know, what's the supreme law for us is we want we want our society to succeed. Like, and I guess she explains it a little bit that if she were just to take it, then there wouldn't be unity. But I don't know. I think there there might have been a, yeah. a a better way to approach that. Yeah, yeah, and to, and to juxtapose it as we were talking about with Din, and I mentioned earlier, like him sacrificing that whole contract and sacrificing for them. You know, we constantly see him do that especially with the most pivotal part of his code is his, his helmet, right? Mm. His helmet is something that he keeps on. And as I said earlier, you don't take off. You don't let another living being do it. And you see him doing it a little bit more and more. Like end of season one, he's about to die. A warrior's death, I'm, I'm assuming they don't mention it, but I'm assuming in Mandalorian culture, a warrior's death is the most honorable. But he's, you know, he, he also lets go of his hate for droids at the end of the season <laughs> one. Yeah, That's a thing. So he had his own personal creed about droids right yeah um that he was letting go to because he realized that he needs to survive to really ensure that the child's you know grogu's life is is really safe so he takes off his helmet for the droid to heal himself it gets better season two you start to see it more where he removes his helmet to um kind of break into the empire's database system right which by the way is like 
the I, I never understood the security <laughs> system behind that. It's it's literally the Star Wars equivalent of like a captcha. Like, are you a robot? <laughs> Click here and then you know I thought it was boom, boom, boom. it's like like you could have just like put anybody's face in there. Yeah. <laughs> I just see him like hold up a picture of another face. Like, yeah, get a mirror of like strategically place somebody else's face. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, so I'm sure like, there's yeah. some. I'm sure somebody will correct us and be like, no, actually, it has to be able to detect uh, something. But um, yeah, yeah, life form. But still, it's like that's all you need. Like a face, any yeah. face. <laughs> like, um, and yeah. So you see him. We talk about that. Kind of be less rigid in his own views. For the greater mission, which is to to bring this child yeah to to home yeah I don't know if this is a this is a, a great parallel but what it made me think of right now to something that's like contemporary and and to the faith is um you know the struggle that that some folks have and I think rightly so and I journey with folks and it's tough but the some the struggle that some folks have right now of receiving communion in the hand right mm-hmm. and for for them there is so much meaning so much importance to receiving our Lord on the tongue. And, um, you know, they know that, that they always have that right, but they're also trying to, to discern what's best for everybody else. Right. And so like uh, people have come to me and asked me like, father, I don't know if I can, you know, follow the bishop's suggestion of of receiving in the hand. And, um, but I think again, we think about, okay, what's the supreme law of the land, the salvation of souls. So I, I just encourage them to, to, to discern it well. And, you know, you know, in whatever ways, if they feel that the Lord is calling them to receive, uh, continue receiving on the tongue to to take the extra sacrifices of mitigating that, yep. uh, mitigating any transmission by receiving last or um, you know disinfecting uh, their hands uh, or making sure that the the priest disinfects their hands if they. Yep. You know, we've got all these different ways we can mitigate it. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. And again, the key part here we talk a lot about is conversation and discernment and thinking about it um, because you know we we. Going back to to Mandalorian, you see that there's a moment where both sides of the Mandalorian race are dismissive of each other. We talked about Bo-Katan being like, "Oh, you're you're a zealot," or you know, Din saying, "Hey, you're not a Mandalorian. You took your helmet off." So there's these assumptions that each side has that because you're different, you're and you're different from what I believe in, then you're not at all on the same page. There's this yeah. huge dismissiveness. And again, so going back to the kind of analogy with receiving out of the Lord or and hand or tongue or, or other different conflicts, there's this assumption that, you know, I'm not, I'm not loving the Lord in that way. And, and I'm not doing that justice. But if we have that discussion, we say, Hey, it's, it's a little bit more nuanced. You know, we have yeah. to think about these. Things. Yeah. And, and I think folks are really, you know, I think for the most part, and of course there's probably some folks who aren't discerning it well, but I think mm-hmm. I've had enough conversations with folks that, you know, it does, it's important to them. And so if they do decide to, go away from what they're they've normally done out of love for somebody else that's not an easy decision no it's not and um and so i'm i'm edified or you know moved by their sacrifices their humility in that way and it goes the other way around too like that that um you know if they decide that they're going to keep going uh doing the thing that they're doing that you know receiving on the tongue that um, I'm going to assume that they've they've prayed about it well and this is what you know they feel is 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 at least important and necessary for them Obviously, I'll continue to instruct them to do uh, what's most loving and um, yep. to to kind of again, minim, you know, try and make it safe for all people as best they can. And and we're doing yep. those practices too. So, it's um, I don't know. I just that came to me as as kind of a, a parallel. Uh, you know, taking off the helmet. I think for yeah. some folks, uh, receiving in the hand is as as serious as yeah. that. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think it'd be go that imagery can be beautiful for anything. It could go for politics. What is the what is the taking off of the helmet in your culture, religion, belief that, yeah, maybe maybe it's a non-negotiable. Maybe it is, you know, like we talked about earlier. So, yeah, we'd love to have that discussion. You know, we in social media, it, I know it's a dangerous place. <laughs> you want to just post it on there, uh, you know, uh, or have that conversation with someone. And, and again, the beauty of Urban Picks is you talk about something not Catholic or not Christian so that you can have these harder discussions. So use Mandalorian yeah. as an example, like, hey, I want to take my helmet off. What? What are you talking about? I mean, I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just it just opened it up. So cool. No, that's, cool. no this the, is good. What you're saying about this this open discussion is great because I think one of the things that um, uh, that we fear is that if we tell somebody what our our belief is that and it's different than theirs and there's then there's automatically going to be conflict or that we can't continue yeah. on the mission right but we see yep. we see like you know folks who are on different pages um able to carry out uh, a mission together and to to get to some greater place and and that's yep. uh, i think what's a, what's another fascinating image or a beautiful image in in, in the series is um you know when Ma- mando din dinjarin begins with this notion that um bo katan and the night owls are not they're not really Mandalorians because they, you know, they they don't follow the way uh, fully or strictly. But then you have this moment with him and Boba Fett where he recognizes that okay, Boba is actually mm-hmm. um, he does have uh, a right to claim at least his armor, uh, right? Yes. Right. So when Boba um, shows his um, uh, what's what's the word again? The phrase the uh, something code. Whatever it is, the code that he shows that that the armor first belonged to his to his dad, who is a, a yep, foundling yep. who who by right owned this armor and then passed it down to him, and then Din uh, Jorin recognizes that in Boba, that was like a really cool moment. That it was like okay, yeah. he recognized that this isn't the this isn't the way that he kind of grew up in looking at uh, different Mandalorians, but he still he still has a common identity with him and then he yeah, has yeah. he has a right to to this armor and a right to um you know some of uh, this identity yeah so that was that was yeah. cool to see yeah and that beautiful moment where you see boba honor the the contract right i'm going to give you the child safely if you give me the armor and then like i, I was like oh shoot boba's out like he's done <laughs> yeah, he's, he got he's the done. armor yeah he got the armor he's done and he goes no we didn't fulfill the contract so you see that yeah, there's that creed, that code that that uh, Mando, that Din Djarin knows and Boba has. And it's like, okay, yeah. And that probably wouldn't have happened if they dismissed each other right from the beginning or, you know, Mandalorian dismissed it. And it wouldn't, you know, that acceptance. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up Boba Fett. We didn't really talk about him beyond the Sarlacc. Pit, so I'm <laughs> glad he's back from the pit in our conversation yeah. and he's there. That uh, messed up face and all. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. So good. And it's so... Uh, back to to the beauty of production like using the same character as the the clone wars and you know as the father or as uh uh-huh. jango fett that's kind of cool it's like hey let's you, yeah they're you really clones to. yeah it's like oh dude yeah you're a natural you're not a clone well he's a clone but without the aging right the aging yeah. juices the wheat wheat thins so <laughs> all right um Cool. So we're we're wrapping up, but uh, I'm I'm enjoying another section that I'm kind of inaugurating. Uh, Ethan, drop the sound drop. Again, awesome work, Ethan and Ian, for that new sound bite that dropped. The uh, there's another name for it, right, Father Raj? What do you call that? Sting. Yeah, Sting. I think Sting is the more uh, industry understood term, but. 
my proposal for hot take, and I'm putting you on the hot seat hot take right now, is there's this huge, huge movement right now of of dissatisfied Star Wars fans in the sequel trilogy. You know, the the last part of the uh, Skywalker trilogy with Rey and and, um, Finn and all that stuff. So there's this huge movement that's going on that's like pleading. I don't know if they do change.org or whatever, but they're pleading to uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau and Disney to retcon the sequel trilogy and just let Filoni and Favreau take over Star Wars. What is your 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 take on that? So just pretend that that the three movies never happened is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just like what they did to Legends, they just do that to, <laughs> to the sequel trilogy. They're going to break out the um, the Men in Black, uh, whatever it is, yeah. the the Flash thing, so we all forget that those three movies existed. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm for it. I'm here for it. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here. Um, no, I mean, um, I, I I can't imagine they would really do that. Um, what what I think, what my hope is, is that some of these kind of weird questions or weird kind of things. Um, I mean, I guess we will never get the images of Kylo Ren's uh, half-naked upper body <laughs> out of our mind, but um, but maybe they don't want people to want to. Maybe they don't want to. Get <laughs> so, okay, out. well, let us know. Um, share, you know, is that your a second hot take, Prince? <laughs> <laughs> yes, drop the beat again. <laughs> um, but I mean, like you know, my my hope is that okay, even if they don't re recon, if they don't recon the um the three movies my hope is that in all this other stuff that we're getting out you know with the video games with the um new tv series the new movies um that uh some of uh the kind of weird questions or like strange things that that were brought about in the trilogy um maybe that's way that's one way that that Dave Filoni and them can can answer some of those questions um, through this the other stuff that they're doing rather than totally yeah. retconning the the trilogy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I mean it would just sound like a mess. I think both um, kind of you know just logistically to retcon the three movies and just say okay these don't exist anymore, and then also like just. Um, kind of uh customer service wise like how to explain that to people i think it just, <laughs> it, yeah yeah and then the actors yeah, are like well i wasn't really um you know i didn't exist right it's yeah. easier with the books because it's like they, there wasn't other people invested in it and that's that true stuff. that's true it wasn't it wasn't as iconic yeah because like you can like in the books they got rid of pretty important characters like like um uh the other children of uh of uh leia and uh, han um there were other children right you just get rid of oh them. i didn't know that okay yeah, yeah. um but uh then but you can't just get say like okay kylo ren doesn't exist anymore right like yeah yeah <laughs> that would yeah, be yeah. weird to say it's mess so yeah but, but what are your thoughts too comparing let's so maybe not let's have a hot take but what are your comparisons with what Mandalorian series did well versus like the sequel trilogy and, and what do you like that, you know, Filoni and Favreau did? Yeah. I imagine we'll talk about this more on um, other star Wars uh, kind of episodes of, of truly universal when we dig deeper into some of these thoughts. But, but I think again, maybe circling back to something we said at the very beginning, but now uh spoiler um, ready thoughts, um, spoiler allowed thoughts, you know, we, we talked about how important character development was and I saw this meme, um, uh, yes, I don't know, uh, the other day, um, but um, about like 
the story arc that Mayfeld goes through mm, of yep. being an ex uh, member of of the Empire or whatever you know the uh, he was an Imperial sharpshooter. The story arc he goes through in in Mandalorian in one episode um, was more than the story arc that that Finn got in all of three <laughs> all three Star Wars movies, right? The, oh, he and he was it's a similar yeah. story. He he left because of you know his convictions and whatnot, and then like how he got there, and then how you know and then liberated from that um, guilt and that kind of stuff. I think that's indicative of of just kind of the the greatness of of what Filoni's been able to do and Favreau in in The Mandalorian to tell these stories that um that have development and that that you have likable characters um that have intrigue and and likable characters who even they're even though they're flawed. My big yeah. issue with with um with uh the trilogy, the latest trilogy is like uh, you know a lot of the characters I didn't like. Right, like they were less relatable because of certain qualities, because things weren't developed, because we didn't see certain things, or because certain things were jumped fast, and um, and so I wasn't invested in in many of the characters. I thought, um, well, this will be my one hot take because I could take hot takes on every character, but I thought <laughs> Kylo Ren was just a, a whiny baby for everything. Yeah, and, moody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that we'll take that. We'll take it. so yeah. When when we do like other Star Wars expanded, we'll bring you on for the hot takes. Sure, for that. Sure, for sure. I'm sure there's other people that have have good hot takes too. I'm sure Ian, JP, all of them will come on and give some great hot takes. Yep, and mine still being that people do want to see the the half shirtless, you know, <laughs> Kylo Ren. They're out there. I'm not one of them. Let's be clear. You know, no, this is good. This is good. Thank you for that that hot take and my hot take to the hot take. But uh, let, let, let's close up before I kind of get in trouble with my wife more with some, some imagery that <laughs> I shouldn't say on a podcast. But uh, so final thoughts, you know, man, great. Again, thank you so much for this this conversation, for this podcast, um, you know, for this two-person kind of uh, voyage, trying it out. So I, I think it's working pretty good. Um, but, you know, to kind of close up, maybe two things uh what are you excited for in season three and what are your tinfoil theories for that could come up and you can go in any order that you want yeah um i I guess it's both excited and um and it's a tinfoil theory i mean like I, i just they've mentioned and alluded to so many characters from from uh the other parts of the universe like thrawn um, right yeah like so um uh grand admiral thrawn right to to finally see him and what he would look like um in live action i, I i'm super excited for that so for, for those who don't know he he's pretty much like you know besides vader one of the big mega bosses of of mm-hmm. the universe and it's canon because of of um rebels and um clone wars right and so um, to see that or see even how some of the um, characters from the, the video game series might overflow over uh, into, into mm-hmm. to the series. Um, that's what I'm super excited about, just to see more of this fleshed out, to see more Jedis, because what have we seen? Only th- we saw three so far. In, yeah. um, uh, if in, you can you know. count Ahsoka, you, I don't know if you – isn't she fallen away? Oh, okay. So, the... uh, so uh, yes, Grey Jedi or uh, – yeah. Yes. Okay. But we've seen um, only a few lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, in Mandalorian so far, um, yeah. but to see some of that, maybe more—that's what I'm excited for. So, but my my tinfoil theory is is maybe um, you know, so they got they have to resolve uh, the dark saber and who who's yep. rightful ruler of uh, Mandalore. 
Um, I think, and, and if I get this right, somebody buy me a sandwich or something, right? But I think they'll set up a battle between the two of them early on. And then Sabine Wren is going to come in and like say, let's stop fighting. We're one people and like stop the fight. So, okay. I'm not, so, I'm not familiar with the lore. Okay. So I, sorry, sorry. So Sabine Wren, uh, so is another clan Wren. Is, so is she, that the one that Obi-Wan is in love with? No. That you're talking about Bo-Katan's uh, sister. Okay. Um, Got you. Okay. So uh, uh, Sabine Wren was in Rebels. Um, and uh, basically Ahsoka Tano, at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka Tano and her um, are out to look out for this other Jedi named – or this Jedi named uh, Ezra Bridger who got okay. captured with, with Thrawn. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. like – but Sabine Wren has been the symbol also of, of um, – kind of unity for Mandalore because at, at Rebels she was really trying to get the the um her family who she abandoned. This is uh push it up glasses. This is really nerdy right now. Um, Dude, I love it. I love like, it. Okay. Um so Sabine Ren, she was part of the one clan um uh clan in uh in um in uh, of Mandalore, one clan of Mandalore um and so she was working for the Empire when the when the time when a lot of the Mandalorian factions were working for for the Empire. She actually develops a weapon, a super weapon that that was designed to destroy Mandalorian armor, Beskar armor, oh, okay. um, as an Empire person, but also Mandalorian by heart and culture. So she uh, so she leaves the Empire, um, but that also kind of makes her a. Uh, black sheep in her family, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but then at the end of it all, she unites. She has a moment where she like she has the dark saber, and um, she's trying to unite uh, the the um, the uh, the factions, the houses together. So I would uh, like to see her come back, Tin Hat, in um, that unifying role, in that unifying role again, but live action, oh. right? So, mm, okay, there we go, Tinfoil uh, Market here. He gets a ride. Yeah, I, I want a sandwich. Father Roger's sandwich. I'm, do you want like a frog sandwich? Wow, or, like frog legs with some blue think. milk. Where would he get? Please. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, what is it? The uh, macaron, the blue the macaron. Mac- oh, from Disneyland. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, the like the one that Grogu eats in class. Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah. Did they give a name to that? That little wafer candy I, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, just gonna call know. it that. Macaron, blue macaron. So okay, cool, cool. Um, I can't. I don't really have a good, lot of good tinfoil theories, but I'm honestly just excited to see uh, how they're gonna bridge. You know, Grogu, and you know, everyone's wondering like what happened. Like what ha- Kylo like was it kills? I can't remember. Kills half of the Luke's like foundation of kills Jedi all or whatever. Oh, like, kills all of them. He either okay. he either kills all of them or that's right. Yeah, yeah. Forces them to to side with him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, so there's a there's um, a theory that Grogu is one of the Knights of Ren and he's like he's tiny in one of those giant <laughs> armor suits. And we just don't ever no, see him. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's hella fun. That's a great that's a great uh, <laughs> foil theory. Yeah, that's believable actually. Yeah, so I'm just excited to see so how Grogu's gonna... alive in the trilogy, so Yeah. <laughs> he's in one of those suits. You're already here. You're already here. Um yeah, and then just see see it all tied in. It's they're planned for the Ahsoka uh, series and Obi Wan and all that kind of stuff. They're apparently all and the Boba Fett. It's all gonna get tied in together. So I just want to see the pieces come together because they've done a great job already. And yeah. for me not being a Star Wars fan, it, I'm appreciating it. So totally. I'm excited for that. So cool, cool. All right, that brings us out. So again, thank you so much for this 
great conversation. I had a blast. Uh, bring we didn't bring up as memories as much memories and seminary as I thought we would. I think that's a good thing. Oh I man, think that was meant to be. Um, but go watch Mandalorian again if you haven't watched it and you listen to all of that. Still watch it. It's still great, even if you know. You know, I yeah. Knew, look out for those Catholic themes and look out for yeah. like you know what would you do if you you know you would you take the helmet off? I, I think those are some of the good <laughs> questions to ask yourself. Yeah, as yeah. You watch it. Yeah, and what's the what is the greater good in in whatever it is that you're doing, you know, and specifically faith, you know, how do you live that out? So, cool, cool, Father Raj, thank you so much. It's yeah, been a pleasure. Yeah, and and for anybody that's been listening so far, you probably figured this out, but you know, I I don't consider myself an expert in Star Wars. So if if uh, I'm a big fan, I've, I know a lot of uh, things. I read a lot and I've watched all the the series and the comics. But if you have any corrections, please, I, I am I am not above being corrected. So please uh, feel free to send us a, a note and be like, uh, actually, you totally got this wrong. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm sure Actually, Rental will issue a correction. <laughs> yeah, we will do an apology. Any last thoughts for us, Father, before we go? Um, this is the way. This is the way. All right. And uh, this is truly universal. Uh, I'm Rents. I'm Father Raj. And peace out and have a good one. Peace. peace. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks. All things to all. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Co. An outro song by Chris Kabilis. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.